When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Reality Radio for a really great future. We're talking real money. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another exciting edition of the Talking Real Money Q&A podcast recorded on a Friday. Yeah, a lot of Q&A this week. We did one yesterday uh, because we needed to get through the written questions. Today's I do with recorded questions that are either called in to 855-935-TALK or uh, recorded on our website at TalkingRealMoney.com on the contact form. There's a little record button. They sound pretty good that way. But today we're going to do those questions, those that have come in with your voice. I really like those. But we have a lot of questions, so we need to do a lot of Q&A. And it seems to do really well. We get a lot of downloads of the Q&A episodes. So we think you like them. You send questions in, certainly. Oh, and if you uh, haven't heard, Tom and I got together over the weekend, and we did a live show on Northwest News Radio, where we do our Saturday show every week. But we did it together in my studio here in Florida. And if you'd like to see what it is, uh, what it is like and the behind-the-scenes stuff when the two of us get together in the same room. Go check that out on YouTube or at TalkingRealMoney.com. So, and you can subscribe to our video podcasts on YouTube. We're really close to 1,000. We're trying to break 1,000. Do it. Tell people. Please help out. Subscribe. Please? It just would be nice to see 1,000. Not that that compares in any way with our audio podcast because it doesn't. But we have your questions, and a lot of them, the bulk of them today, I think only one comes in through the phone number, the bulk of them come in from TalkingRealMoney.com. Yep, just checked on the contact form, and here's our first one. Hey, Don and the very funny Tom. I've got a new baby on the way. I'm setting up a 529 plan in Massachusetts, and it, you know it's, it's pretty good funds from Fidelity and get a tax break. Uh, but I'm also planning on moving maybe two years from now and to some other state and I'm wondering, uh, what's it like when you move to a new state? Can you still contribute to like the old state's 529, or should you set up a new one? Uh, I'm just curious about that. Thanks for your help. While a 529 alone is just terrific because it grows tax-free if the money's used for education, a 529 in a state with an income tax that gets you a tax break, a tax deduction, even better, even better. So in the case of Massachusetts, you get that. You do not, though, if you move out of Massachusetts, have to close that account. You can even continue to fund it, but you're going to lose the tax break. So if you move to another state with an income tax and they have a 529 with a tax break that has good investment options, that's also a big part of it. Don't cut off your nose to spite your face if they have terrible overpriced investment options. But if they give you a tax break and they have good investment options, you might want to consider moving to another uh, to that new state's plan. Otherwise, if you like what your what your Massachusetts plan is doing, keep funding it at least for as long as you get the tax breaks. And then you might want to look at other things, maybe, but you can keep it and you can keep funding it. And thanks so much for the question. We appreciate it. That was sent in to TalkingRealMoney.com 
on the contact form, and this one was two. Hi, Don and Tom. Uh, this is Maz. Uh, I have been listening to your podcast quite regularly over a year or so. Uh, thank you so much for your advice uh, for keeping us on track, especially in these turbulent times. I want to have a comparison with California 529 plan. Uh, I live in California. We don't get any state benefit, obviously, uh, tax-wise. But uh, I wanted to compare it. uh, They have a plan uh, which is managed by TIAA Craft. And um, I want to compare it with the Utah's plan. Uh, If there are any major differences, then I'll switch to Utah's plan. I have been contributing to 529 plan for my kids, but uh, I will really appreciate yours and Tom's advice in regards to uh, what do you think about is a scholarship plan 529 is okay or is it worth moving? Um, I have been investing in the passive funds, uh, uh, age-wise portfolios for my kids. Uh, So I would like to know that that, does it make any big difference or not? Uh, Thank you so much for your time and um, thank you so much for your podcast uh, and your radio show. Thank you. Not planned. Not planned at all. By the way, thanks for the nice comments. But just happened that two questions came in right next to each other that were both 529 questions. Now, we, we, we're we not big fans of the California 529. I mean, in the first place, I, I can't believe in a high-tax state like California, they don't cut you guys a little slack and give you at least a tax deduction to make the product more palatable. But that's the problem. It's not a particularly palatable product, which is a lot of peas, a whole lot of alliteration. Uh, but I just don't think a lot of the plan. One, I'm not a big Tia Craft fan. Now, we are fans of the age-based or the enrollment date plans because they adjust the portfolio to fit your age when you're going to start using the money, when the child's going to start using the money. And they do have that option both there and in Utah. We, we love the Utah plan. And let me tell you the biggest reason why I don't like the California plan. It's the, it's the fees and expenses. They're using a passive portfolio from TIA, and the total expenses run between... 0.3, well, actually uh, a quarter of a percent, but that's for the, if you're setting one up the year, you're going to use the money, which means it's all in cash, but really from about three-tenths of a percent up to four-tenths of one percent. Now, that may not sound a lot until you compare it with Utah's plan, which is 11 basis points, 0.11%, and they use terrific funds for their portfolios. They use Vanguard and dimensional funds, really, really great passively managed mutual funds or index funds. I think it makes it in in a variety of ways better. Lower fees, great diversification. Utah just seems to do a very, very good job with their plan. And if you're in Utah, you get the added advantage of getting a tax deduction for it. So, But if you're in California, you can fund the Utah plan. The California plan is nothing special. It's not awful. But it's nothing special, and they really need to find somebody who will help them get those cost those costs down. But they probably have some relationship with TIA, uh, and therefore they're paying those higher expense ratios for those funds. Again, not ridiculous, but still a little higher than you need to be paying. 
Once again, our number is 855-935-8255. You can call that 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And also, I want to remind you, that phone number works on Saturday for live conversation where we can actually converse back and forth. All you have to do is call that number between 3 p.m. and 5 p.m. Eastern on Saturdays or that's noon to 2 Pacific time as we're on the radio on Northwest News Radio in Seattle. But we'll take calls from anywhere in the country. We got a call last weekend from Michigan, for example. So call us during the show, but call early. Call during that first hour. We have the fewest calls in the first hour. The second hour gets really busy. Three to five is the show, but three to four is probably the best time to call. Again, or noon to one Pacific time. Now, let us take another question that was sent in at TalkingRealMoney.com. Hi, Don and Tom. This is Jim from Mystic, Connecticut. Love your show and listen to it on my daily walks. I was wondering what portfolio would be appropriate for investment for my daughter, who's 31. She's with her husband in Hawaii with the Navy and just looking for your recommendation for probably a Vanguard ETF. Which uh, fund or two would you recommend? Thank you. This is, while it seems easy, it does. It seems like one of the easiest questions ever. It's one of the hardest questions to answer because we don't know anything. It would be best. It would be great if you could have her call us because then we can we can talk about what her situation is, what her needs are, how much she can afford to invest and save. But just generally speaking, I assume she's IRA eligible. Um. I would suggest that she plan for retirement first. I think that's the most important thing you can do with your money. And the earlier you do it, the more options you open up for yourself in later life because that power of compounding is most powerful when it has time. And all of us who are <laughs> in my age group, we all wish that we'd put a whole heck of a lot more away a whole lot earlier and hadn't touched it, even in cases of emergency, because we'd be a lot better off today. But hindsight, 2020. Foresight, pretty powerful if you have it. And I can tell you that my foresight, if it had been working back then, would have had me put as much as I could afford. And that would probably have been it because you couldn't afford much in those younger days into an IRA. And if there were Roths then, it would have been a Roth IRA because probably she probably doesn't need the deduction. So I would put the money in a Roth IRA. I would probably look at a, for somebody just getting started, it's better to keep it simple, which is why we suggest VT, the Vanguard Total World Stock Index, so often. It's just an easy way to own the planet as long as she understands that it's going to go down, and sometimes it's going to go down a lot. But at those times, if you're young and you're putting money in, then you're buying stocks on sale. So if I have to give really broad, generic advice, that would be it. But it would be better if she took the risk quiz at TalkingRealMoney.com, if she knew what this money was earmarked for, um, if we could figure out what her current situation is and how this fits into it. But without anything else to go on, that would be my best answer. Thanks for the, the call, the question. And now on to our next one that came in from TalkingRealMoney.com. Hey, guys. I love your show. Uh, I have a question. Um, I'm trying to clean up my finances. 
And um, so I used to work in a public school system. And so um, I'm not no longer working with them and I need to roll over that money. And now I work in the private sector and I have a Roth 401, no, not a 401k, but I have a Roth IRA. And um, I just don't know if it's worth it to open up a traditional account just so I can roll it over. Is it good to have both pre-tax and post-tax accounts? I love your show, guys, and uh, keep it up. I'm learning a lot. Thank you again for the really kind comments. We appreciate them. We're, we're glad to know we're helping. We like doing that. Uh, yeah, I would open a regular IRA. I'd open a regular IRA with Schwab or Fidelity or Vanguard or whomever, because I do think there is a future planning benefit to having both kinds of accounts. Plus, if you want to move that into a Roth, you're going to have to pay the taxes out of other monies. You can't pay it out of the Roth or the 450 or 403B. You got to pay it out of other monies. So the cheapest path is going to be to open a regular old uh, IRA, not 401k, regular old IRA, and uh, move that money over. It's a really simple transfer process, and then get it into no-load, low-cost, index-style funds or ETFs with the new custodian so you don't have to pay those taxes, and you continue the deferral, and you're probably going to end up with a whole lot better product than you end up with in school-based plans. Yes, there are some exceptions, but generally speaking, we find the school 403b plans to have really awful choices. Often there are a lot of insurance company products that we just as soon not see in any retirement plan. Thank you for your question. And let's go to the next one. Hi, Don and Tom. This is Karen. Uh, thank you so much for your show. I've called several times and I really enjoy it. My question is regarding purchasing individual uh, treasury protected securities tips in an IRA. I spoke with Vanguard and they were actually quite helpful. Um, and they showed me how you can purchase through auction or um, secondary market on the website. And my current thought is I'm about mm, 12, 15 years probably to retirement. And right now I'm heavily in stocks, like 90%. The rest is in money markets and a little bit in bond ETFs. Um, but my thought was when I hit retirement, it would be great to have, you know, kind of like a guaranteed amount of money set aside for my necessities. Um, and so I'm thinking, do I start purchasing individual uh, tips in my IRA, kind of use it as a tip ladder. So, you know, purchasing 10 years or maybe 30 years, uh, putting a little bit in at, from now till then so that when I retire, I have that amount of money kind of guaranteed along with Social Security for kind of most of the necessities. And then, you know, I have a lot invested in stocks, of course, but you never know, like, you know, where that will go. And I can kind of slowly build up that that um, fixed income, you know, part of my portfolio. Um, I don't know what your thoughts are on that. I, I'm also, you know, I know you guys recommend bond funds. I know that's a lot easier to do too. So like, it's a lot more managing of purchasing individual tips. Um, but with, you know, everything where it is, is that a good idea right now to um, purchase those individual 
you know, tips in a, in a, and I'm assuming in a traditional versus a Roth, because in Roth, I'm keeping emerging markets and small cap, um, you know, or value funds and things that are hopefully going to make more money. So yeah, let me know your thoughts on that. would love to hear it. And thank you guys so much for your show and uh, really appreciate everything you guys do. And your information has been very helpful. Thank you. I get why you want to do what you're talking about doing, building that ladder of tips. However, you have to remember a couple of things. One, one of the reasons, I guarantee one of the reasons you're thinking tips right now is the current environment. And we tend to put a lot more weight on current conditions than we do on past conditions or potential future conditions. I think that's one, too big a bet. Two, a whole lot of work. Three, potentially even dangerous. Because in the secondary market, you get into bid-ask spreads. And uh, it is also a marketplace in which you're not going to get the best execution unless you're moving really huge sums of money, which is why we have never and probably never will. And I don't care how big our client is. It's just not big enough. Nobody that we work with is big enough to, to make this make any sense. It's just too much work and there are too many moving parts. Uh, I, I, I got to tell you, I would not bet just on tips either. You've got to do both. I know it feels bad to do bonds right now because they have gone down. But remember, they have gone down, making this a better time to buy them than a year ago. And what you're buying today when you buy short-term treasuries is a higher yield at a lower price. I think you would be much, much, much smarter, and this would be far simpler, for you to just go with a with Vanguard's short and intermediate-term treasury funds for a portion of the money, and then a small portion of your bond portfolio in the short-term infla- inflation-protected security fund, which is VTAPX. It only has an expense ratio of 6 basis points. That's going to be better than the spread. See, Vanguard can get better execution than you're going to be able to get on your own. And the portfolio is 100% tips of varying maturities. Varying maturities. They do all the work. It's just you're not saving enough to make it worthwhile. And the fact of the matter is there is no way, no way this fund can ever suffer a sizable loss because the securities, their value is secure. In the interim, they can fluctuate. But those bonds are going to be, most of them are going to end up being held to maturity. So there'll be some fluctuation in the interim, but you'll have that same fluctuation in your portfolio, and it will be just as uncomfortable for you when you look at your statements. So I think you're making this way too difficult. I really, really do. Uh, if if you want to build a ladder, I think there are simpler ways to do it, but I don't really, I'm not 100% sold on the need for a ladder because what we've seen now is really an aberrant market for bonds. And remember, the shorter the duration, the less volatility. As a matter of fact, on tomorrow's show, this is a topic we're going to spend some time on because uh, Jason Zweig just 
wrote a great piece that's coming out in Saturday's journal, should be online on Friday, that talks about shortening your duration on treasuries. That you That's going to give you a lot more, well, better diversification and a great deal of, of inherent safety. Stick with the high-quality stuff. Have both treasury, regular and treasury inflation notes, but don't bet everything on anyone because right now you're betting on the current conditions and those current conditions will, will change. I don't know if inflation is going to go down soon, if it could be 20 years. I have no idea, but I do know that they'll change. So you want to have them all. Thanks so much for your question. I appreciate you listening and I hope that helped, but we will talk more about this. 855-935-TALK. That is our phone number. Our web address is talkingrealmoney.com. And our next question is this. Can you comment on using a pension as your bond portion of your portfolio? I'm in my early 50s and at 55, we'll be able to have a pension that will pay for 90% of my current monthly expenses. My investments in 403B and Roth IRAs are all equities. Well, we haven't had this question in a while, but it has come up before. People have asked, uh, can I use my Social Security as considering that to be a, uh, a fixed income investment portfolio? You know, if I have Social Security that is paying out $30,000 a year, is that equivalent to a... $750,000 bond fund or something. But that's not the way we think bonds work, nor the way we think they should work. You see, we think bonds are, we, we don't look at them as an income generator. We don't look at them as the source of income in retirement because we look at the entire portfolio as that. Stocks aren't there just to build wealth for no apparent reason. They're there to also generate income usually through the rebalancing process, but in part through dividends and occasionally the sale of those securities. Bonds are just part of the whole portfolio. And the reason we have to look at it that way, and this is based on tons of research, decades of research all over the world, it's people, it's us, it's our emotions. We look at our portfolios and we behave badly at times. We see stocks decline 45, 50% as they did in 2008. And we know for a fact, just from our experience, that people sell because the news is all so bad. Basically, you're being told by the news media constantly, well, you big dummies, you bought stocks. You shouldn't have bought stocks. What happens if it's, you know, they're down for 20 years? Oh, your life is ruined. So we panic and we do dumb things, which is why we must have some bonds in our portfolio. And then we must learn to look at the entire portfolio as one organism. And the total decline in the value of the organism is what matters. I'll give you a great example. I'll use me. I've been talking to people about managing money and talking to people about money for, holy cow, a very long time, since 1984, 83, 83, ooh, so uh, coming up on 40 years now, and 
I should know, if anybody, that the market's going to go way down and that it's, it's always gone back up again. I should be comfortable with that. Yet, I still have a portfolio that is 70% stocks and 30% bonds. Why? To keep me and my wife calm. It's important to dampen those emotions. Just as it's important to say, well, you know, when stocks are going way up, they're not always going to go up. Don't just buy because they've gone up. It doesn't mean they will continue to, except for the long haul. So, no, I think you should have a bond portion of your portfolio. I really, really do. I think it's important. I think it's critical. Thanks so much for the call. We really appreciate it for the question. And uh, now we are going to... Oh, let's see. Ooh, a phone call. Yes. Came in at 855-935-TALK, 855-935-8255. This will be our only phone call for the day. <laughs> hey, I was listening to Friday's podcast where you talked to somebody about the uh, criteria by which you decide whether a solo 401k Roth would be better for you or a solo 401k traditional account would be better for you. And uh, I perked up when I heard that because a couple of years ago I had gone through the um, the uh, account opening process in relation to my little business, and I couldn't find a uh, place that would take a solo 401k Roth account. So I uh, had to settle for a solo 401k account, traditional, and I'll pay the taxes on that later. But... Um, I was wondering whether you you are aware of a uh, provider that actually uh, um, has an account that would be a solo 401k Roth variety account. Um, My account was at Schwab, and they told me outright, and I was pretty sure I was talking to somebody who knew what they were talking about, that they didn't offer that account. I also stopped into Fidelity, who also has offices in town here, and asked whether they offered it, and I was told no. And when I called Vanguard, nobody answered the phone. So um, are you aware of a, a place that actually offers solo 401k Roth accounts? And could you identify it, please? Thank you. Well, this call turned out to be a lot more work than I expected. It's never come up before. It's curious. These... Um, the solo 401ks, which are designed for, for sole proprietorships or small businesses, uh, they're great products. And there are Roths. There is a Roth version of it. But it turns out that Schwab doesn't offer one. Don't know why. They don't. Fidelity doesn't. There are a few companies that do, but it appears to me, and I can't 100% vouch for this, but it appears to me, based on their literature, that there is one of the major custodians that is a low-cost custodian, uh, and that is TD Ameritrade, that will open a simple Roth 401k. Or not simple, a, a um, an individual or a solo Roth 401k. And that's, I mean, there are a couple of other companies that I don't know very well. There was one that charged huge fees for doing it, so I'm not going to suggest them. So what I would do is I would call... TD Ameritrade, but I'm pretty sure they do. They show it as an option right here on their website. So I'm going to assume that means they offer them. 
Thanks for your call. We appreciate it. Let's take one more that came in from TalkingRealMoney.com. Hi, this is John. Thank you guys for everything you do on your podcast. I have a question. I was thinking about possibly hiring you guys, uh, but I'm located in the Midwest, and I'm just not sure if having someone remote is really the best idea. I was reading about you know some of the kinds of services that you provide, and and you talk about you know accessing CPAs and you know real estate lawyers and all that, um, and whether those people would be someone that's also local here or how that would work. Anyway, uh, just your thoughts on that. I would appreciate it. Thank you. Well, thanks for considering us. That's really, uh, really nice. We, we appreciate that. Uh, we have a couple of things. One, when we were just Vestory, which was owned by Tom and me, we had clients in 37 states, including most of the Midwest. We had clients all over the country. And if we needed to find them help in a certain way, we would do some checking and a little bit of vetting. We'd certainly not have a problem calling somebody and vetting them for you. Uh, but now we are owned by a, a national firm. We were, we were merged into a national firm called Appella Capital, which is why we're called Vestry by Appella now. Tom and I are both very active. Tom is the regional director of the West Coast. I'm the education director of the whole company. And uh, so we're very, very active, and we're part owners of the new company. And this new company has offices all over the country. Not in every state yet, but we're in the Midwest, in Texas. Uh, we're in the uh, Southeast, in Atlanta. We're in the Mid-Atlantic. Uh, we're in the Northeast. Uh, we're in the Pacific Northwest. We're in California, and we're looking at getting offices all over the country. We will have offices covering the country. But I can tell you now that uh, we have done, I think, incredibly good work for people no matter where they live because the vast majority of what you do, if not 100% of what you do with your advisor, doesn't have to be done in person. It really doesn't. There are so many great resources online. It's not like it used to be. In fact, most of our meetings these days are done over video because that technology is just incredible. I love that technology. So, um, but, but I got to tell you, if you want to find one in your own area, we will give you the tools to help you do that. Just go to talkingrealmoney.com slash help, talkingrealmoney.com slash help. Uh, and you, you can also, if you find somebody in your area, you want us to vet, we'll vet them for you and tell you honestly, whether they're any good or not, but we'll give you a lot of those tools at talkingrealmoney.com slash help. Um, or we, um, we'll do you good. You know what you can do too is call and talk to one of our advisors. It's not, I promise you will not get a sales pitch. They'll tell you the truth. They'll tell you what they can and they can't do for you. Set up an appointment, talk to them on the phone or online. You just go to vestory.com, V-E-S-T-O-R-Y.com and, um, set up an appointment. It's really easy. I think we've reached the end of another episode. Thanks so much for being a part of it. Oh, I wanted to mention, coming up in May, we are going to do a live and virtual retire meet. Last year's retire meet was all virtual. The year before, it was all live in person in Bellevue, Washington, which is where we're headquartered. I'm not there, but Tom is. 
this year we're doing both. So there's the one in Bellevue. That costs money because we serve you food and the parking is free. The online one is free. And you can sign up for both at retiremeat.com. And you can actually spell that any way you want. If you don't know how to spell one meat, you'll know how to spell the other meat. And it'll work either way. So go check it out. Retiremeat.com. Retiremeat.com. Or M-E-A-T. And thanks so much for listening. Tell your friends, please share the podcasts that really make a difference on your social media. It's easy to share them from your favorite podcast service. Review us on Apple Podcasts if you like it. And also rate us on Spotify. Oh, and check out our YouTube channel and subscribe to the YouTube channel. There, have I plugged all our stuff? Probably not, but thanks anyway. I'm Don McDonald. Tom and I will be live on Saturday between 3 and 5 at 855-935-TALK and on uh, Northwest News Radio, AM 1000 that you can listen to on streaming services. Now I think I have covered everything. All right, I'm going to go do some more reading up and then tomorrow we'll be once again talking real money. You realize that the information provided on Talking Real Money is for informational, educational, and hopefully enjoyable purposes only. Providing personalized financial planning or investing advice takes time, so please consult with a really good fee-only fiduciary investment, tax, or legal advisor. We know a good one. Investing must always involve risk. In other words, you can and probably will lose money at times. Also, as much as you want it, no one can accurately and consistently predict the future, so past performance doesn't tell you a darn thing about what the future will bring. Unlike many other programs that say something similar, Talking Real Money is not trying to get you to buy or sell any financial products or securities. Instead, the program is provided as a public service by Appella Capital, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Thanks for listening, and please visit TalkingRealMoney.com for more information and disclosures. That's a wrap.